I've called uh, t today's topic leadership uh, pipeline uh, models, various expressions. Um, I'm absolutely convinced that leadership development or leadership uh, uh, pipeline are absolutely critical. You may have heard some of these uh, sayings. Uh, everything rises or falls on leadership. The church growth curve is the leadership curve. Or uh, when is a leader at their best? Leading by vision, you say, or leading with character? Yes, but ultimately the answer is when they're training other leaders. Or with reference to um, when you're planning a church, uh, the argument is you should have an apprentice and MTS with you. And so the classic line goes, you should be aiming to give birth pregnant. Now that last one, I take it, is quite an unfortunate image in your mind, uh, giving birth pregnant. Um, but look, um, I'm, I'm keen to show this morning that these statements are true, that leadership is so important and by therefore by implication is a leadership development or a leadership development pipeline for the local church's uh, growth and health, health, which is at the centre, of course, of God's mission to seek and save the lost, to get and to grow. Um, and so what I'm quickly hoping to do this morning is to give you a quick refresher in leadership pipeline constructs, if you like, because I expect many of you have heard these things before. If you've been at uh, REACH uh, recently, these things were covered. Uh, and, and they've even been covered at FIEC a number of times, team pastoring. So a quick refresher in some concepts. If you, these are new to you, maybe grab me later and I can expand on them. But I'm, I'm keen to... Um, because the, the argument is that most leaders realise they need, they need more leaders, but their real question is around the how. How do I make it happen in my church? Right? So that's why I want to get most of our time to. Um, and, but I want to recognise that the how does look different in different contexts. So that's why I've called it various models. Obviously, some of us in the country, some city, some different ethnic groups, all sorts of things. And so I'm keen to get Scotty Curtis up from Hunter Bible Church and to look at how they put flesh on their model. I'll interject a few other kind of maybe small suggestions of other churches, what they're doing. But I'm keen to finish with some time for Q&A and where you might share something you've done in your church that's, um, that's been helpful and worked because hopefully I'm hoping all the boats on the harbour rise together. That is, we as a fellowship will learn from each other, right, um, and get better in this space. Um, now, why does leadership matter so much? Why does everything rise or fall on leadership? Why is the church's growth curve leadership curve? Why is a leader at their best when they're training the leaders? Why should you plant pregnant? Why? Because if you're an output thinker, that is, you're responsible for the outcomes, um, you, you take the, the mission of the church seriously to make disciples at ever-increasing number, that is, you see the fields out there rather than just the barns you're, you're building before you, you will see the gap that there's still so much more to do. And all of a sudden you realise it's not about me as a juggler, you know, the leader, juggling all these balls, trying to get more kind of more than 24 hours in a day. Or Herdy loves the spinning of the plates kind of analogy, you know, right? You spin this plate and then you've got to run across over there and spin it again before, of course, the plate breaks. You, you, you realise, actually, it's not going to be about me as a juggler. What I need is I need more jugglers or leaders under me. Yes, you need to mobilise the saints broadly, generally, but specifically you need leaders. Now, why? Why? Well, the best definition of leadership I have heard is that a leader gets people to do what they wouldn't otherwise do. They get people to do what they otherwise wouldn't do. That is not through manipulation, not arms behind their back, twisted kind of thing. No, that's just the nature of leadership. They inspire, they envisage. envisage. That is, but a leader gets an, an outcome that wouldn't otherwise happen. That is, a ministry is now happening that wasn't previously happening. Kids, youth, welcoming, whatever the ministry, it's now happening because of leadership. And so the church rate uh, increases. Adding new leaders to start new ministry adds more growth. Conversely, losing a leader will have the opposite effect. Now, I did this diagram. I... I I did it when I was six. <laughs> and I've had it in storage for a few decades, right? But I hope you get the point, right? You, you, when you add a leader, I could have drawn them as jugglers. I, I tried that, but that's when my skills really at drawing did wane. Um, you add a, you're kind of maybe the leader, a church planter. You're growing at 1% or 2%. If you can add another leader, 
inflection point, right? You're another leader, you go up again and so forth. Of course, if you lead a gift, lose a gifted leader, of course, you decline. Um, that's why you need more jugglers or leaders who take responsibility for an area under the senior leader or other leader's guidance. It's why the church growth curve is the leadership curve. It's why a leader is at their best when they're making other leaders. Now, I take leadership here, though, more a broader definition of leadership. That is, it's not just the classic, stereotypical, charismatic leader who leads by vision. That is, I take it there's a different styles of leadership, so the more administration, management, team-building leaders. That, that is, I take most here, I hope, are actually leaders. You have different styles, but basically through your leadership, more is happening, right, because of you. And the point is, we just need a lot more of us, lots more of us. Um, um, uh, and it's why, of course, church plant, when you church plant, you, you want to try and do it pregnant, as awkward as unfortunate as the image is in your brain. It's why MTS, for instance, picks up the classic multiplying passage of 2 Timothy 2.2, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That is, they pass on the baton, you multiply, you multiply. So once you realise that, that's what leadership does, therefore it's so critical to the health of church to us getting to the mission, you, you then go, okay, that, I'm going to need a pipeline. Why pipeline? Because I don't just need a leader, I need lots of leaders. I'm going to need new leaders, yes, and then I'm going to have to have leaders to replace the ones I lose, who leave, who get older, right? Now, the military get it. They know that modern warfare has been won or lost on supply lines for hundreds of years. You need more troops, more ammunition, and certainly more, more leaders, Okay? Sporting clubs get it. You, you, just, you just don't want to win this year. If you want to do well next year, you're going to need more talented players, more team leaders or captains and more coaches. So they realise you, you've got to do this development thing, constantly raising up leaders. So they're constantly looking for leaders in training. Here's my next six-year-old diagram. Well done. It's leadership basics. I think it's quite straightforward. You're constantly obsessed with who, who is a potential leader, who is a leader in training that we can be looking for. Quickly, some model constructs. I'll move quickly along. What are some basics to it? Um, I, what I'm suggesting here is these are the basic sort of ingredients, if you like, and different churches can apply them differently to bake their cake differently. But here, here's what they quickly are. The first thing is you need someone responsible for it. The second thing is the church culture uh, or the senior leader must really value it and must resource it. Why? Because culture eats strategy for breakfast. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. I'm going to talk a lot of strategy here, but if you don't have the culture, you're dead in the water, right? You're dead in the water. So you're a senior leader, you've got to, and you're the whole, you need to value this training. You really have to value it. Um, now, I will bring up another... Um, yeah, okay, so I go through those... Con but, so there's someone's responsible culture for it. There's a leadership pipeline. There's a lot of these things you've seen before. But I'll go to another diagram, Steve. Go to the next one. Okay, once again, six-year-old diagrams. Start at the top left. I think you're familiar with that is we need a leadership pipeline. Now, it's deliberately called a pipeline, not a pathway, because my, most people just think of it as a standard, just move along a straight line. It's, that's exactly what it isn't, okay? That is, when someone, an individual... Uh, is on a, the leadership passage one. That is, they're moving from being a, contributing as an individual volunteer to leading others. This transition might seem most easy and natural, but people often trip at passage one. The highest performing people are, are often reluctant to change and to, keep, and to keep doing the activities that made them successful. So, as a result, many fail to make that sharp turn from being an individual contributor to leading others. Oswald Sanders, Notes in Spiritual Leadership, a leader must be able to see the end results without a mind shift in time allocations, work values and new skills, an individual will fail or flounder, right? This is the classic getting fruit on the team's tree, run the fruit on your own tree. We've heard of this stuff before, but it's worth noting that many in church starve, staff, staff are struggling with this. Making this transition is difficult, right? Um... Um, Malfoy's in Building Leaders says because it involves dying to self which is very painful in many cases it's allowing someone else to do what you love to do what you were trained to do and what you can do better that is we're talking about identity or heart stuff here 
uh, top right, we, we, go, um, we go to sorry, the bottom left there. The, the, there's four types of training we need to be, get happening in church. I, I grew up in the classic city diocese, which was we did every member training, which is the classic ministry of the pew. Just for starters, two ways to live. That's important. That should happen. There's a second type of training called discipleship training. I call it that kind of foundational kind of in the Bible, um, uh, the deep in the word sort of stuff. Um, there's a third type of training with a ministry-specific training, which is to do with the particular ministry you're in. You know, if you're in the kids' ministry, you might be training in classroom management or you're in growth group leading uh, or band or whatever. But the fourth one that we've become very much aware of is is this leadership, particular need of leadership training. That is, it's about the core competencies of leadership. That is, at 60 to 70% of what a leader does is just generic. That is, it doesn't matter whether you're leading BHP or the mafia. These are the five things. Or a pastor. <laughs> These are the five general generic things you need to do, right? Um, and so we need to do this. This is what an intuitive leader would do, but knowing what they are helps us train for it and see where the gaps lie. So, um, for instance, it's important to, to delineate between classic discipleship, having godly people, characters, king, which we must have, versus also, which is necessary but not sufficient. We do need leaders, right, as, who are also godly, of course. Now, I, have you ever been under a, someone who's put into a leadership position who is godly, reads the Bibles, pray, but they're not a leader? Well, I have, many years ago. And it's, it's, not, well, it's not good, right? And so, it, as the Americans would call it, that dog won't hunt, right? It just doesn't work. It's not able to do, it's not, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And so... Um, these these five things we need to take, be aware of. That is, there's five things that a leader, intuitive leaders will do. That is that they've got this, that this desired future in, in their mind, which is all about vision and culture, but it's particularly, we call it the where, right? Then they'll talk about the how, how they're going to get their strategy. They'll work through that with their team. Um, and then they'll work out who on their team should do what based on their gifts and skills and experience. They'll also be on, constantly doing team development and they'll be managing resources or stewarding resources. Uh, but as I said, it's important. Most of us are learners in leaders in training, and so. But knowing this framework is helpful for working out where we're strong, and where we're weak. You, how do you set this up? You set up in a learning context. We call it seventy twenty ten. Don't get too hung up on the percentages. But the implications is that most learning seven is done by doing. It's on the job. Twenty percent is learning through others. Uh, so coaching or a cohort really matters. Peer learning is powerful because you're usually at the same spot. C.S. Lewis takes that up in his book on the Psalms where he talks about the reality is um, the professor has usually moved on right, and can't remember the first thing they were wrestling with, what it means to be an initial learner, whereas peers at the same point are learning those things. right? And the last of ten is the content. right? Then the ministry map. I think this is captured in the ministry map. Hopefully you've seen that. Bottom layer, bottom row is generic... Sorry, every member training. You go up the rows, you ping up the pipeline, those... Three changes in skills, knowledge, and values change. And the colours, so discipleship's in the green, ministry specifics, orange, and the blue is, um, is core competencies training. But it's a helpful diagnostic tool. I hope you've seen that. If you haven't, we'll, you need to get across that. Uh, MTS or apprenticeships. Now, these, for me, are very, very important in our ecosystem, right? An MTS, an apprenticeship, is both an output and an input. That it's an output, it's the fruit of a mobilised system, that is we want to send them out to, to reach the nations, right, to plant new churches. But they're also inputs, because as they're learning, if your curriculum is also learning about leadership, as well as the classic threes of Christian character, conviction, competencies, then they're, they're learning to lead themselves, lead others and lead leaders. They will be building teams as they run those ministries, modelling leadership, and so making leaders. So that is, they're actually making and multiplying the very work they are building. But the best recruiters of future MTSs are our current MTSs. The MTS system should sit, I think, within a larger mobilisation framework, connected to your next-gen pipeline of kids, youth and night, where people are given opportunities to lead from a young age. 
which gives them a taste for leadership, a feedback loop, you're good at this, you should consider MTS, and it creates, if you like, a runway for MTS or, for, or future leadership development. Anyway, I'll give you my next six, there you go. So MTS for me sits within a broader framework and is very powerful for both you know, growing the local church and making tomorrow's leaders. Right? So, that's, so it's very, very important. Benny Fowler, I think, has elective coming up soon. It's still time to get uh, MTSs for next year. Go to his elective. Right? So if um, you've still got time, for, um, grab an MTS if you can. Uh, I mentioned the next-gen pipeline. It's obviously very important. Um, and it needs to be calendarised with a yearly plan. So that is you've got to keep going around the block each year, stick to your knitting, um, keep improving your cycle, a yearly cycle, build momentum. And because what we're doing here is the non-urgent important work, all right? Uh, I have um, I only work now part-time at EV. I now work part-time at Reach Australia. And yes, go Reach Australia, that's right. What, why? Because I'm, I'm convinced this thing, this leadership pipeline, getting it going is really the key, one of the, the greatest things to do if we're going to reach our country, to get our own churches healthy. Now, why? Because I, I knew it mattered, but the last 10, 12 years that I've been caught up with EV, as we've built this pipeline, I have seen, I won't give you the numbers, but I, it's just borne such fruit. So that so many times when we've needed a leader and we're desperate, we've had one. They've got us out of a jam so many times. And I've, I thought every church needs these, this leadership development. Every church needs these pipelines. We must send out gospel workers for the nation since, right? So that's why I'm, I'm trying to make my life work and don't do emails. Okay, let's see you go. Okay, enough of me. Scotty Curtis. Um, I'm keen to put flesh on this uh, by looking at Hunter and what they do. Where's that microphone gone? There it is. Thank you. Jump in, big brother. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... I'll get you to start walking us through um, what you guys do. All right, well... Now, actually, just firstly... <laughs> sorry. Um, what do you do, brother? You, you, what do you do at Hunter? So, I oversee ministry a couple of days a week, uh, and then one of our uh, campuses that's six years old. Wow. Yep. You too, busy guy. Yep. Yes, that's right. But it's helpful, it's helpful to say that <clears throat> that campus started at 80 people, and so the principles that we're going to actually talk about or how we flesh things out aren't just a large church thing. They're also, they've worked at that campus to kind of yeah, good. bring that through. Good. Mm. Yeah, we're, all we are hoping, what I'm hoping you'll capture today particularly is the principles, right? Mm. We're going to talk about the principles and then you go away in your context and work out what you can do. My hope today is you'll go away motivated to do this, right? But just, you know, you'll leave the room going with your team, what are the one or two things we might be able to do in our context, right? Anyway, all right. Um, what, what's made for healthy leadership pipeline at HBC? So one of the frameworks that we picked up early on for leadership development uh, is out of a book called Design to Lead. Um, book's not theologically great, but there's some helpful uh, systems and ideas within that. Uh, and there's three concentric circles in that book that go conviction, culture and constructs. And so there have been three lenses to kind of think about our leadership development at Hunter Bible Church that have been really helpful. Um, and so the first one, that inner circle, is kind of conviction. What are the theological convictions that we want to stand on, uh, not just as a whole church, but also then particularly uh, within leadership development? Um, and so there's always been, I would say, I became a Christian at Hunter Bible Church, and so as I've observed... Um, the preaching at HBC and the, how the Word of God has been brought to bear, I think there's always been these really healthy convictions also for leadership development. Um, and so the 2 Timothy 2 2 of entrusting to the next generation, that's always been part of the preaching at HBC. Yeah. Um, the types of leaders that we're wanting to see, so character being of first importance, um, the idea that as you grow in leadership responsibility, you're to grow in servanthood and humility. Um, and, and godliness and all those kind of things. Um, and to be sacrificially kingdom first um, has been a huge conviction. And so one of the sayings that we've thrown around a lot is always wanting to be a church that sends. Um, and so that's really driven 
how we've thought about leadership development, things like MTS, yeah. that kind of thing. But this, I mean, this is obviously the senior leadership team, but it does go to Greg, right? He's got to, yeah, yeah. he's got to own it. Yeah, and so yeah, so Greg down to us as a staff team, he's setting the vision for that, the conviction for that to f- yeah. to flow through. Yep. And so then you kind of move then to the outer, the middle circle, which is culture. And so culture, lots of people define it in different ways, but I guess a, a loose definition would be just the behaviours, like what are we actually doing around church, what's the culture actually like, or the, the habits or the outward behaviours that come out of attitudes uh, and things like that. And again, there's I would say there's always been this healthy culture of, Bring someone alongside you. How can you train up and equip others um, to keep to keep uh, moving along? MTS has been just part of our church culture, so we're always putting on and training up uh, MTSs. Uh, and part of our culture is then because we've got an awesome God who is growing His kingdom, and we're optimistic that now is the day of salvation. Um, we plan for growth um, as a church, and so. Every year our teams are thinking, if God did grow us by 10%, what would that actually then mean for our teams? What are the structures we need to build, the leaders we need to develop to actually continue to grow under God? Yeah. And so you you, are, you do have a high experience culture where that classic 70 people are. Yeah. Which means you do tend towards the dump and run. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I mean, that's the risk of the 70-20-10. Oh, 70% is experience, so then we can just throw them in the deep end and yell swim. Um, and there's, there's a, there's a, I think there's a little bit of that, and we've caught up a lot more, I think, in recent years, particularly to add the coaching piece, and we're still wrestling, I think, with how to best enact that 10% of common leadership development training, how to push that through. That's probably the biggest strategic thing that we're, I'm trying to work on over the next little bit. Um, but I think it is helpful to remember that as people learn by doing and as we support them in that and coach them through that, we want to be giving people real responsibility uh, to grow them, being thoughtful about the people we are giving that responsibility to at the same time. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, you've got the championing the important, um, not the urgent. How, how do you do that? Yeah, well, we'll talk about um, some of the inputs that I've tried to do um, over the common year. Um, but it's just... It's just being a thorn in the side of our, a loving, gentle thorn in the side of our, our staff team to keep persisting away at um, just the importance of raising up leaders. Because when you've got, like, certain some of our teams that are just week to week with various ministries to try and pull things off, it's just so easy to ensure, well, if I'm going to get this done, I'll just drop into it week after week after week. And so, and sometimes that's needed, but it's just that encouragement to keep going. Well, who can we bring alongside us? Who can we continue to develop? And who can we stay um, focused on? No, that's good. Mm. We'll come back, I think, to the 10% thing and how it works in your calendar, because I think we want to kind of flesh that out a bit. Mm. But we'll go, maybe we'll go to some of the construct, keep going. Yeah, so then the outer circle then is like thinking about the, the constructs. And so this is where the real sexy words come into play of things like strategy and structure and systems and programs. They that's, are sexy words, yeah, man. They're the, that's, that's right. And so... It's poetry and plumbing. That's right. right. This is the plumbing. We, this yeah, is yeah. The, and everyone wants to be a poet. <laughs> we train to be poets, but we need, unfortunately, that plumbing stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when we started seeing the need for a leadership pipeline, particularly thinking about our structure across church, um, it was actually quite discombobulating. Like it was, we had um, 113 different names for various roles across church. And we had, we were using um, like an example of how we were using names for very different ministries. So an easy one is we had a, a coordinator of someone who was coordinating um, like the, the kids' ministry coordinator. So they're overseeing this team of 40 people, big role in coordinating. And then we had the morning tea coordinator who was just coordinating a roster of people kind of going through. And so we weren't um, – there was a lot of confusion, I think, and – and a bit of a mess. Although we had that really strong conviction and culture, we weren't fanning that into flame as efficient and effectively as we could. And so we did that audit of layer names, and then we brought in that structure that you showed before 
of the team member, team leaders, um, an area leader for us for some teams and then ministry department leader, yeah. um, which was really helpful. But it's obviously key to get rid of how many names was it? 113. Yeah. yeah. So you're really clear when you're talking about that layer, that's that you get the right training to the right level, right? Yeah. Of what the people, what they need. So that's very helpful. And but we've, we've still got that culture of these names keep popping up every now and then and I have to be the guy that comes in and says... That's a great name, but no, sorry. <laughs> um, Very good. And so well, I actually yeah. think what you'll find is in, in many churches, it's when, when you hear that number, you go, really? But no, we can create names for almost three. We create names like crazy, so that's quite fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Another, like another part of our strategy or under our constructs is having that outcome thinking that you're talking about. And so setting goals, um, thinking. So we've got goals in terms of MTS, in terms of how many we're seeking to raise up. Uh, we've got goals in sending out leaders. So as people come along the pathway into the life of church, we're raising them up. We're wanting to be a church that sends. And so we actually want to set goals um, under God for how many people we could send. And so I think we've sent 10, both from MTS, but also lay key, key lay leaders into different ministries out of Hunter Bible Church. Um, and then this is where they're simple systems, and then I think we're going to run through a bit of the 12-month flow, but the simple systems is just tracking um, our ministry deployment, so just simply knowing where people are serving in our church and therefore what layers they're also serving in. Um, and that's where leadership mapping has been really helpful for us so as we plan for the following year, being able to see, oh, okay, this person's probably moving on. Um, how can, who could we raise up? Um, ahead of time. And when uh, you talk leadership role. mapping, walk us through, just break it down a fraction more. So you're looking at each ministry, yep. what their, their current need is, and yep. then possibly the gap. Yep. Then you try and forecast how many you'll lose. Yep. And then you've got to work out, okay, that's the gap we've got to try and fill by next year. So growth, yep. if we're growing by 10%, uh, lose, like we can do that generically, but then we also have meetings so that we talk about each individual person so that we know, um, have a sense of where people are going to go the following year, re-recruitment of them, or if not, okay, we're going to need to develop someone else or move someone else into that role. Now, that yeah. number's often quite scary, isn't it, when you're particularly putting growth as well as losing, yeah. So we, I, we measured it for the first time last year and how many new team leaders, area leaders, and so not even leaders and team members, but just team, team leaders, area leaders, and... Um, ministry department leaders, so we're a church of about 1,100 members, and there were 53 new people in those roles. In that but you year. needed? That went into the... That went into the roles. Went, okay. With gaps still. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah. just highlights how many you need. That's the reality, yeah. right? And yeah, yeah. yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Um, now, you do re-recruiting? Yes. Do you want to walk us through that? What's, what's going on there? Well, as we come... Or we'll probably we'll cover it when we get to... We'll go to the calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll do. Um... MTS rhythm, no, that's right. We'll come, that's fine. Um, let's go there. Let's go your um, your plan, leadership development plan. Yeah. Um, so this is thinking about a twelve-month cycle. Um, what are the inputs that I can interject with our key leaders across church, but also our staff team, um, as I kind of drive drive it um, alongside everyone else. Um, and this sits at the foundation of kind of our leadership development. We also then would have something for um, MTS that kind of fits over this in a similar way. And we have a part-time um, form of MTS or a um, mentoring leadership program called Harvest as well that we have a similar cycle for, which we pretty much just stole off you for EV Generate. But, um, um, it works. Yeah, but we just made it a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I love that. Yeah, that's right. That's fantastic. No, I haven't. I haven't looked at EV generator in a while, so you guys are probably. It's probably well, actually our, 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 our wheels are wobbling, wobbling on that one at the moment. So okay. there you go. So, oh, yeah. we've had some. Yeah, I'm confident. We're, anyway, um, so the um, the first thing in the calendar year, big. Uh, input on the 16th of March this year was gathering our key leaders from across church. So that's ministry department leaders, some team leaders, area leaders, our elders, um, and anyone we kind of identified as cultural leaders as well. So they may not have had that particular role. Um, and there's a there's a run sheet um, that we've put in there just to give you a bit of a idea of the night. But it's it's really about 
um, vision. And so Greg's keen to get Greg to be preaching at that. Um, it was awesome what he preached on. I can't. I think it was 2 Corinthians 5 from memory this year. But um, a large goal of that night is just geeing up our key leaders across church to get them on board for this year, to love them well. So I got my MTS trainee. He was in charge of dessert. Um, and he had to put on a very nice spread to communicate that we love you guys. Um, and so we did that, and then there was a little bit of training in there, but then also thinking about um, key things coming up for us. So we've just come out of COVID. Um, how are we going to go this year? And we're also, the context of our church, we're leading towards two new campuses, so how could they be part of that and help yeah. us drive towards that? I mean, I deliberately put that up there, we put in the slides, because mm. we wanted people to see that it's not... It's not incredible stuff. It's kind of the, the kind of stuff you'd just do and most church mm. leaders would know to do, but you do need to do it. But the power here is, you can see, is you're onboarding and you're, all your leaders, right? Not just staff, because you, you've got many, many leaders you need to have running with you, right? Aligned, yeah. you know, all the paddles, you know, rowing together at the same time. Yeah. So I just think that's fantastic. Yep. Then the next thing we did, the kind of big input was um, early May, um, and Joe Clark and Emily were really the, um, they were the workers behind this. I just got to put my name on it. But um, uh, that was doing like a building leaders development day with our staff team. And so that's kind of putting this on the agenda of our staff team. Okay, planning for growth, 10%. Think about where your teams are at. Let's start thinking about identifying leaders within our team now. Um, there was a leadership pipeline refresher that we did a little bit of, but I think the, the biggest thing, most helpful thing we did on that day, um, with as we've Im implemented the leadership pipeline, which is important for churches to do to scale things and to actually develop that culture across the board, um, I think we swayed a little bit too far um, away from still seeing the importance of our individual leadership development with the few individuals in front of us to multiply them. Yeah. Um, so we did this really helpful um, development exercise where we asked our staff team to identify five key leaders minimum that they were really seeking to invest and what had a series of questions that Emily had actually... I think, I think they're in there actually somewhere. We've got these... Um, we might bring some slides up. Oh, yeah. So if you go next slide. That? Next slide. Next slide. Ah, so oh. is that... No, that was so. That was that's us loving the staff team as well. Yeah. So they, you want to start the important stuff, right? The food matters, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And an MTS and an MTS who did that. No, that was Emma. Okay, Emma, Emma, Emma. <laughs> smash out of the park. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, that's me with a thoughtful pose. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, and there, there's the leadership development exercise that we did. And then, um, yeah, what we did because we want to communicate. We're talking about doing this um, on like a larger scale, but we're wanting to communicate every individual matters and to actually think about how we can develop those people in front of us as well. And so that we did an exercise after that, um, which is on the next photo, where we put up all the names of um, the people that we were keen to develop and then prayed for them um, as a staff. Took, took some photos of the next, uh, of each staff, right? So there's Joe. Yeah. So there's Joe with her five key women that she's keen to invest in over 2022. Um, and then Pete, Winnie the Pooh Monday right there, um, and the five guys that he would love to be investing in as well. Yep. I think that's great work. And then I notice next slide, you've got, um, I got rid of all the names on your staff, all the people for you know, private reasons, but yeah. you then did get them all together. Yes. And now what happens with that? Does it go in the bottom of your drawer or what happens? <laughs> no, we, re, we reviewed it once. <laughs> Uh, about uh, would have been June. We brought it out again, and nice. just as an accountability thing, that basically said, "How are you going with these people? Here's some more thoughts for how you can take that forward." Yeah, right. and then it's in the bottom of my drawer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just yeah. a, I mean, I make the joke, but I do know because this is uh, important, not urgent. That's typically does go to there. I'll just uh, interject here. Uh, MBM do a similar thing with reference to their people. So Ray Galley, not there anymore, but. That asked three questions at GSM. Mm. Who's become uh, a Christian uh, this last week? Uh, second question, who needs to go along to their explaining Christianity? They're, that's, you know, they're Christian. And the third question is, who um, had you seen some leadership potential in this last week? And, that, and they stress it can be, I was talking to Dan Lee, it could be anything minor, a convo, some initiative, um, 
just some sort of proactive, even if they're barely a Christian kind of thing, right? Just a glimmer, he says, then they'll get their names and try and work out how they can kind of make this happen. I think that's worth, worth picking up, right? We've got yeah. to have constant radars going out for who are people we can develop. Yeah, bringing, it, bringing us back into that non-urgent. It's always in the non-urgent. It feels non-urgent, but it is urgent. <laughs> that's right. Um, and the, it, it, it's been encouraging as I was reflecting on the names in preparing for this. Like, there's some stories. So um, the people that Joe was training, um, Prue Hilton is already ministry department leader and just continuing to flourish under Joe's development there. Um, another um, woman that was on her list, Jess Orenstein, who's had team leader competencies, has now agreed to move into a ministry department leader role um, that Joe's been coaching her towards. Um, one of our MTSs, Nath Robbins, uh, who's finishing up at the end of this year and will hopefully send um, soon. He has actually replaced himself with a team leader over his kids' ministry and been able to raise those up. So people on that list have moved already this year into... And there's the power of it, right? The personal stories of actually seeing people's yeah. growth and change. I mean, that's just so powerful. Yeah. And yeah. It's the goal, right? We'll keep going. So then we move on to... Um, well, we're renaming, but it used to be called Draft Day. I love um, the title, Draft Day, yep. It's, if that got out to our church, it probably would not be great. So we're renaming it. <laughs> but the idea of a Draft Day is who are the people around that we see have potential and um, who can we continue to encourage to particular roles, though. And so we actually go into that. We do one at a, a staff level, just thinking about our ministry department leaders first. And we go into that meeting... Um, so the mag guy can come into that meeting going, here is the dream team that I would love for my ministry department leaders across church, um, and they may be in other teams. So one, I can come, right, Yeah. and, and someone else I think has got a great leader, yeah. and I could say, I want your person. Yeah. Nice. That's right. And so then we... We call that poaching, but that's okay. No, no, no. No, but this... This is what used to happen. The poaching happened before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It was just underground. That's yeah, right. that's right. Now we're actually we're we're having a big team first discussion. Nice about we're a body of Christ. If one part suffers, we're all going to suffer. Um, who can we actually see before us? And together as a team, we're actually then owning leadership development for the um, uh, the sake of God's church and loving God's people. Um, and so they come into that meeting going, "Here's a few people I've got thoughts on." Um, or here's some people who I know are possibly moving out of my role. Do you guys have any ideas? Um, and then there's a little bit, if there's a healthy conflict like that we want to, or healthy discussion going on um, about what's going to be best. And then you, the way we've managed that conflict is then to say, okay, if we reach a sticking point, then here's the people who will make the final call, um, which in that meeting's Greg and um, a little bit with myself, but mostly Greg. Um, and, but we haven't needed to do that so far. So we, we raised, we had that first meeting where we raised names and things like um, we had a guy who was a team leader in mission who's just been a really godly gifted guy and his wife is in membership. Um, and he is a, a, like, he's thinking about it changing that team leader role in mission. Um, and it was just identified in that ministry and we're like, actually, this guy can lead a department. Um, and he was kind of heading towards growth group leading, which is a great ministry, but he's got skill sets that um, could lead a department. And so that then stemmed a conversation with him as the possibility of him moving into a membership ministry department role. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the intentionality around getting across it early and rather than being underground. Yeah. And, but I do think we, you know, uh, because we're trying to both get and grow, we're trying to both wide and deep. Mm. We, we, we joke at EV, it's a bit like we've created the Hungry Hungry Hippos. You know the Hungry Hungry Hippos game? Yeah, you know, yeah. we, are, we, we, we are really wanting lots of people, which does mean you do end up in this spot where there kind of is potential conflict. Yeah. Right? So you do need to navigate this well and set up a good culture where the teams, everyone's working together for the whole thing to work well. Yeah. So I love, love what you're doing there. It's good. Yeah. And then we, we then took that meeting and did it the layer, um, the layer underneath it, at each of our congregations. So then in that meeting, we've mostly got lay... Our ministry department leaders at Hunter Bible Church are mostly lay leaders. Um, and so we have four meetings for each of our congregation with the ministry department leader 
then thinking about their area leaders and team leaders. So they, it's the same meeting over again, just with the layers below. Um, and we tell them, you know, we've had this meeting about you guys and um, we're, we're wanting to, to love you guys. And, and that's an important thing to probably add in all this. We're not just pulling, pulling the strings. There's conversations with each individual that happen all throughout this to love them well and thinking about them. That is worth underlining that. There's a lot of back and forth here, right? Yeah, yeah. Lots of conversations, lots of, we're thinking of this plan, what do you think? So that's, but that needs time, right? And yeah. time to have the discussions and lots of lead times. Yep. Yeah. And we need, like our plan A isn't always going to come off yeah. and we'll need plan Bs, plan Cs. Our goal, though, is to be um, as much as possible um, with godly men and women who have, have great gifts that we can continue to develop to have these key roles filled. Yeah. Um, across for the sake of our church to lead these teams. Um, and, the, yeah, those those meetings, this is the first year we've done it at that layer underneath, um, which we've just come off in the last couple, last month. And they were so encouraging. Like, we had... Um, there, there was a team leader role that we weren't sure about within MAG, and um, it was actually Jenny who's also... Um, she was like, oh, there's this person in maturity who's growth group leading. Oh, I, I just think it'd be great... Um, so we had maturity giving, you know, suggesting people. Really? Um, oh, I know. Just jokes, just jokes. <laughs> so, maturity's great. I just saw Ben. I wanted to make that call. <laughs> no, it's all great. That's right. But that's right. You do need that yeah. sharing, right? Constantly. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. And then there was another meeting we did for New EPM. Well, this is where it kind of plays out really well. There's a, a New EPM. Um, we had an area leader, a guy in MAG. Both our ministry department leaders are moving on. So one of the... Um, the female ministry department leader is going to Africa, so she's going to be dead to us, but um, she's going for mission. No. So it's really great that um, she's going with African inland mission with her husband to, to serve Jesus that way. Um, but we had both our ministry department leaders moving on from MAG, and there's a guy as an area leader who's been really great, um, Josh, but he's also team leading in maturity. And so there's this... Yeah. He's not going to be able to do this role and do both, likely. Um, and so that was where in that meeting we said, okay, for the sake of new EPM, he probably needs to head towards MAG, sorry, maturity. But hey, everyone, look at maturity and how they're being so generous here. <laughs> we need to keep helping them um, raise up growth group leaders and so on. Yeah, yeah it's good. And it, but it is usually quite mm. complicated, isn't it? Once you start talking at high-level leaders, mm. getting them to step up, they're often sometimes in numbers of roles and so backfilling them, if I could sort of speak yeah. like that, does require quite a significant amount of work yeah. right? and, and communication, conversations, yeah. 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 So it's helpful to just to pick up. Yeah, and this is, like, this is our context. So I can imagine this in... Uh, if this was, so at Lake Mac, the meeting with the, the four, five or six ministry department leaders, it's just one team then yeah. that we're having that meeting with. But it's the same meeting, like, and then yeah. just the communication. But you've just got to have the conversations. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Okay, it's very good. Um, Oh, so Serve Sunday, this is what you asked yes. about before. Yes, right. <clears throat> um, so this is re-recruitment. So this, this, the genesis of Serve Sunday was more of a pragmatic wrestle that I was having um, as I oversee the ministry area. Um, our teams weren't starting the year. Um, and some of our teams weren't always starting the year well in terms of how they, they'd assume people were going to continue on sometimes, but I haven't had that. Um, conversation with them. Yeah, and so what happens when they don't have that conversation? What's the, what's the implications? Well, people feel, can feel unloved or not valued or they're like, oh, I know I'm leaving or going to move off and then you, all of a sudden you've got gaps at yeah. the start of the year. And then, then I hear about it from in terms of mobilising people into teams. So They come running to you, someone's crying, now you're crying. <laughs> that's right, yeah. that's right. So there's, and it's urgent. It's now moved from the that's non-urgent right. to the urgent. Um, and so Serve Sunday was an idea um, where we can actually encourage the whole of church to start thinking about how they're going to serve the following year. And so now that was the pragmatic reason. It's now then also an opportunity for us to preach to people's hearts, um, which not necessarily about you have to serve and be duty-driven. We'll, you know, we'll pick up on different aspects around God's kingdom and the gospel and in response to God's grace and how that influences how we want to serve. Um, but the key, one of the key things we do out of that is then we'll survey the whole of church 
And we're particularly interested in people who are already in ministry teams. So we'll ask ministry teams to ensure that uh, everyone in their team fills that survey out. And then over the following two months, um, every ministry team then goes and has one-to-one or like it might be a phone call or um, different conversations to see based off the survey they've got some information that they can then love that person and we give them people option of do you want to increase responsibility, do you want to have a change of ministries, do you want to decrease, do you want to move out of ministry, like, so they're filling in all those things with some comments. Um, how's, so, it, how's that going? So we, we did it the first survey last year yeah. um, and it was, I think we had 60% of people in ministry teams fill it in. We're, we're actually, interestingly, also a heap of people not serving filled it in, wanting to serve. So it actually brought out a few more people that we weren't aware of or we'd had chats with that weren't ready and now they're ready to serve and stuff like that. So that was great. Um, and then we probably we needed a little bit better follow-up rate within our teams, but it was, it was better than what it was, was the previous year. And so this year, yeah, it's going to be 100% fill-out rate, 100% re-recruitment conversations our team's going to do an excellent job yeah that was a note to all the staff here sitting <laughs> down. that's right that's right yeah. well look um just i'll just finish with one question then um I, I did mention before ideally you're trying to get people into a training cohort to try mm. and train those layers but it's challenging right how are you going with that yeah not happening <laughs> yeah so taking like all the team leaders across church yeah. or all the ministry department leaders yeah that's the that's the big wrestle we've got, that 10% of knowledge transfer. We've been trying to do it through video-based training and doing it out that way. Um, our youth and kids guys are doing it the best, so they've integrated it with some of their stuff. Often is youth and kids doing the best, but there you go, it's good. Do you, you used to, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, Possibly, yeah. And so they're using that video training because they've got the weekly serving. They'll watch a video or something like that come into the meetings and they use that to onboard team members well, really well, and they've got, made their own booklet up and stuff like that. But trying to work out how we navigate that and input good content that we've got, um, or as someone is, we know someone's going to a team leader role, how we can then give them a team leader package or something like that. Trying to work out how we do that well is still a work in progress for us. I pick it up because that is a challenging area. right? Yeah. I think one of the best churches it's done is MBM. They had Sandy Galea. She was just a gun at it. And they would do it twice a year. We'd get all the team leaders together nearly, and they would do the first time, first bit was about um, equipping your people, and the second time of the year was about um, re envisioning them, often sharing stories from people and, uh, and, and using those to envision people to re recruit, right? And so, um, but chat to Dan Lee, he says, well, it's got the wobbles now, it's not happening because they lost Sandy. Yeah, so that is the, yeah. that's the way these things go too. So we've all got kind of, you get something going, and then, you know, you're struggling to. But look, that's super helpful, uh, Scott. Um, really helpful to hear what you guys are doing in this space. I'm wanting to... Um, the key thing for me is to sort of hear the principles and for you to think about what, what could we pick up. But I'm just wanting to have a bit of time for if there's any Q&A. Um, any questions you have of Scott, what they do, or you think, yeah. Um, but my hope is you'd leave the session today thinking about there's one or two things we'd like to have a go at. Um, any questions? Danny. Yeah, so what sort of things are we looking for to identify latest particular roles? Um, the f- character first and foremost, and a trust, like a trustworthiness that we um, think they're appropriate for leadership and that can continue in that. Um, and then it would come down to those general leadership competencies, depending on the layer. Um, so I would say that 60% of general leadership competencies becomes more important the more you move. So for, you know, our mag pastors up the back, he's got no mag skills. Um, and that's okay, because he's, great, he's great, got late, great leadership competencies. So that vision, the, the foundations or the strategy, teamwork, people development, thinking about how people go in that area. Yep. Yeah, it's a great question. It's lots of uh, comms. Did you all hear that? How do you survey the entire church congregation? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we did um and are about doing it within the service. We've decided not to for the loving newcomers. But um, you could do that. Um, we will send it out on an email on Sunday. 
and tell church that we've done that and then we'll have a few follow-ups down through all of the ministry teams um, and then there'll be a couple of other strategies that we use to try and encourage that fill-out. Yeah. John, at the back here, brother. Yeah. Well, I'm an optimist, so <laughs> it's going to work, brother. Um, so what you're talking about there is flipping the classroom. Yeah, that's right. right. So Reach Australia have the ministry grid. We have short videos where so you can watch some training and then you talk about it with the person, you know, your area leader or whatever you think, your coach. Yeah. So you develop people that way. Um, that way you can quickly get people up to speed quick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever be perfect, but I think we've, we can work at a better strategy to implement it. Yep. Uh, yeah, over here. Leadership planning day. <laughs> no, no, that's right. It's just changing right. the name. <laughs> Life. Yeah, that's Life. right. Once you're in, you're in. Yeah. That's what Jesus... No, no. Um, <laughs> uh, it depends on the ministry. So I think our youth ministry asked for a three-year commitment um, from their youth leaders to see that cohort go through um most of our other ministries tend to work on a yearly cycle um yeah but it, i mean it, it that will depend that's changeable yeah so for us it's it's it is asking for that it would be great if you could give us that year recognizing that things happens happens in people's life and they may not be able to fulfill that yep okay just another thing that to recognize is um one of the keys for getting leaders sort of up high is you need to mobilize beyond 20 percent Okay, just so the classic rule of the the twenty eighty rule is that a lot of churches only mobilise twenty percent of people, and uh, and so that's usually where their leaders are. So you need to try and mobilise more than that, so that you're getting your leaders up to be doing particularly more leadership things. So just to be aware of that as you look at the number of people who are serving in your church to see what where they're at, so that you can making sure you're freeing up people for leadership. Just another thing to be aware of. I think we're kind of done. Anyway, grab, we're around, so grab us and, um, yeah. But the key thing is not saying I want to do a Hunter Do or EV or MBM, or, but how, how, what, what can you do in your context to develop leaders? What if I pray briefly? Father, thank you so much for that you've caught us up in this great gospel venture, this great gospel work where you have prepared in advance works for us to do, this work of the Lord and for our people to be caught up in it as well. We do pray for us as the leaders that we would do well at mobilising people and particularly mobilising leaders so that we could see our churches um, uh, fulfil their mission of uh, seeking and saving the lost so they come to know the precious love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.